to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I am your host, Lupna, and I'm joined today by my amazing co-host, the one and only... Gail Edwards, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) The Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a bi-weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi-adoring entrepreneurs, showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding. And we have an amazing guest this week for you. She is in the Netherlands, just like me. Finally, someone who's in the same country as I am. (laughs) That makes a nice change. Exactly. (laughs) Instead of US, UK and all over the world, we've got a duchy in the house. So I am speaking about the amazing Sarah Kim Toulon, who is the founder of Communaholics Agency. I love the Oholics, a digital, Ooh, marketing, a digital marketing agency that creates innovative digital strategies for open-minded clients. Sarah's agency runs on a green initiative that is written into every contract called Plant 10, Communaholics plants 10 trees for every month of work done with a client. Sarah has been eating sushi. She was two years old. I would not believe I would ever meet someone who's been eating sushi longer than I have. (laughs) But she's regularly known for ordering so much sushi for herself that restaurants often deliver two to three pairs of chopsticks. And she's going to prove that to be true, ladies and gentlemen, because Sarah has sushi live with us on the call. (laughs) yeah 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 her favorite sushi dishes include santa barbara uni chutoro nigiri shimaji nigiri and anything with yuzu kosho on top that's a mouthful (laughs) yeah wow can i just say before we go on sarah this is a first we've never had anyone live eating sushi or having sushi live on air this is amazing oh I can't wait I want you know, the spirit you know <laughs> yeah, well exactly and by the way that's a lot of sushi you got there Sarah <laughs> <laughs> hence the two to three yeah yeah hence the two to three pairs of chopsticks because they assume it's for more than one person <laughs> the appetizer today they thought it was like a date night thing but it's just me wow love it lots of sushi (laughs) lots of sushi well sarah let's dive straight into the sushi with one of the most important questions of our podcast are you ready Mm, mm. this is a hard hitting one you're going to need to think about this sarah yeah 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 and you can win gill points (laughs) you are very special and i'm not going to tell you how you can win them you just need to mention the code word but let's start with what is your favorite sushi and why oh gosh (laughs) well as i stated a long list of my favorite sushis i am like a purist i like traditional yes i am not very big (laughs) on like the big rolls with all the stuff like they're delicious but they're not like sushi you know (laughs) So anything that's traditional, like nigiri with good sushi rice, that's the best. When the sushi rice is spot on, it supports the rest of the dish. Oh, so um, another hard-hitting question for you. 
to wasabi or not wasabi? Oh, I do like fresh wasabi and pickled wasabi. I don't like the green paste. Some like you have to be at like a bougie or sushi bar though for them to have like the fresh wasabi. But when they do have it, I like it. I love fresh wasabi, but we have a lot of the green paste as well. But I'm a big wasabi girl. But the fact that you mentioned sushi purist, you definitely get gale points. <laughs> you definitely get gale points. So, so Sarah, I'm going to ask you one more sushi question before we really dive into who you are as a person, a business owner as well. But, you know, when it comes to your sushi, you clearly know your sushi. There's no doubt. I mean, you've been eating it since you were two, which is great. I think that's even longer than me, to be honest. But if you were a sushi, Sarah, if you creating your own Sarah sushi, what kind of sushi would you be and why? And what would you have in there? What would be the ingredients and why? Oh, my gosh. That's like... If you <laughs> at first I was thinking that you were asking me like if I had to like exist as a piece of sushi, what would you want to be? And I was like, I don't know. Like olives <laughs> are cute. <laughs> um, okay. One of my favorite is just like yellowtail with a little bit of lemon and some coarse salt on top. There's a place in Orange County, California, shameless plug called Hamamori. And they have the most amazing yellowtail nigiri ever. So I guess that specific piece of nigiri is what I'd want to be a Sarah Sushi. <laughs> and what does that represent in terms of your personality? What does the yellowtail tell us about you? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe because it sounds simple, like my name's very basic but then like the lemon and salt's a little surprise I don't know oh nice <laughs> you know but nice. there's a little something extra maybe oh and I think you could be onto something there I mean certainly from your bio there is definitely a little something extra a little something surprising I love you know the whole sustainability around your business time it took you know to climate change with the trees I love that but before we get into that. Sarah, what was your inspiration for your business? Where did that come from? So 2020 was a really long year for everyone. <laughs> but in 2020, I was working at one of the best communication agencies in New York City. And I left my job when the pandemic got bad in the city to go and help my grandparents in California. And then my husband's visa expired. So we came to the Netherlands. So like all summer, I was like, sitting and I didn't know anyone and I watched probably everything on Netflix and then one day I was reading an article about generational differences between Gen Z and Millennials because I'm very borderline and it's something that really interests me and they define Gen Z as communaholics and I'm like that's such a cute name like mm. at first I wanted to sell like some presentations and make it kind of like a digital space that people could go to for resources. And then I was like, you know what? I have so much time on my hands. Like I might as well try to make it a full thing. And then, you know, within a couple of months, I have a full client roster. Wow. And you're right. Communaholics is such a great name. And that's a really good distinction as well between the millennials and Gen Z, because even in my mind, I mean, I'm so clearly not millennial or Gen Z. <laughs> Are you sure, Gail? Well, I think I might be borderline. <laughs> but, you know, it, certainly from my generation, it's like, gosh, they're so closely aligned. Where is that difference? So hearing you say that, 
kind of helps in my own understanding to set it apart. And now you say it, I'm like, of course, absolutely. So your business is quite new. You've already got a full roster, which is great. Yeah. So I suppose the question is, where do you go from here? How are you thinking of expanding that? And with, like I said, with the alignment, with the climate change, what else can we expect from Communaholics? So hopefully as I grow, I'm able to do different initiatives. Like I want the trees to always be a steady thing, but I'd really like to have some sort of annual initiative that we work towards that gives back to like a social cause rather than an environmental cause. And, you know, I'm hoping like hiring someone's a completely like crazy thing to me at 22 (laughs) but like I've been thinking about it a lot and I know that probably by summer I'll have to maybe I'll start with an intern I'll inch into it I'm kind of scared (laughs) but yeah hopefully you know my goal is to have like five employees by 2023 you know I want to keep it small I don't want to scale too fast and get ahead of myself I don't want to grow to resent it so I'm just trying to chill (laughs) You also said you work for open-minded clients. Why specifically open-minded clients? Well, I think that, you know, if anyone goes to my Instagram at Communaholics, my branding is very pink and girly and my little emblem is like a Powerpuff girl. And I also like have a green initiative. And, you know, some people told me to maybe like scale back the branding. And I was like, no, like the people that I work with won't be deterred by that. I want people that are open-minded enough to, you know, embrace my branding and embrace the fact that some of the money people pay me goes towards planting trees. So that's the main reason they have to be open-minded. And I'm really interested in experiential marketing. It's something I'd really like to get into after COVID's finished. And so, you know, to go in with like experiential marketing, you have to be pretty open-minded. I'm working on something now for someone and I'm very happy with it. Cool. I think that that is a good point, Sarah, that I just want to highlight because most of us who are not a millennial are so into what will other people think and are very hesitant, I'm going to use a smaller word, hesitant to really step into their personality. However that is, I mean, if you like black or you like pink or bright pink, whatever it is for you and really embrace who you are And then the right people will show up. I mean, it is the story behind this podcast. I shared it with one person, Gail. She responded very enthusiastically. And now here, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary in a couple of weeks of this podcast. And people are loving the idea of a combination between entrepreneurs and sushi. But that had everything to do with me having the courage to even mention that I had the idea, Mm. someone else actually saying, oh my God, I love the idea and I want to contribute. And from there you grow more and more. So where did you tap into when you said, this is me and I'm going to show the world that this is me and I'm going to trust that the right people will come to me because that is the secret. Mm, Absolutely. It really is. Yeah, I think I had that moment when I made my initial website. My initial website was very much different. (laughs) It was like a little bit more like edgy. I don't know. Like It had like a static ETB and like my initial logo was like a lightning bolt and completely different. Like I was trying to make it like a little bit more boyish maybe. 
to appeal to the masses. But looking back at it now, I'm like, that was such an ugly website. <laughs> and then making that switch, like when I found my logo, I was on an open like digital art website and I tracked down the artist and I paid her for the work because I know that a lot of people probably just used it without telling her. And that was something that was really important to me was that she got like commission for what I was using it for. But like right when I saw the little Powerpuff Girl, I was like, she's such a communaholic. Like <laughs> that's what she is. So that was love. I love that. Yeah, I love that. It's just, you know, I talk a lot about authenticity, about people really showing up as who they are and, you know, kind of, how can I say it? Just being who they are in all their glory because their tribe will they'll get it. They will automatically get it. So I'm not a big fan. It's not that I don't believe in it because I do, because everything works, but I'm not a big fan of your ideal client avatar and all that stuff. Cause I think if you are you and you are fully you and you show up and you provide a service just to really, and you genuinely care about people, then your people will show up. So I'm glad that that's what you're doing in your work, Sarah, because it's so important especially entrepreneurs and business owners, we are bombarded, oh my gosh, with so much information around marketing and funnels and tools and so many guru-type programs that we should be following. But all we want is someone who's real. Someone who's real, gets it, gets me in all my quirkiness and is able to help me. So I would say thank you for for providing that service. I'm probably not your ideal client because I'm certainly not Gen Z or millennial or even Gen Y, I don't think. (laughs) You have to go further back in the alphabet. (laughs) I work with people literally from all walks of life. I really appreciate that you said that because I thought that like with like voicing my brand so loudly, I'd get like a very specific type of entrepreneur and that I'd primarily be working with women. But I actually work mainly with men. And that yeah. really, really shocked me, for sure. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I'm not surprised, to be really fair. I'm not surprised. Having worked in a lot of male-oriented, male-dominated environments, that they appreciate someone showing up as themselves more than women. Women tend to be careful more. And I'm generalizing, I know, because not everyone is the same. But I'm not surprised that at all. Yeah. That you no. do a good point. I mean, even as like female entrepreneurs, we probably all have had that like skepticism. Oh, yeah. believe you me. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got two more questions that are, yeah, my brain is going curious, curious, curious right now. So the very first one is what is experiential marketing? Ooh, Can't even use the word. So experiential uh, marketing I is like. <laughs> interactive marketing like you probably heard of like the museum of ice cream like that's a form of like experiential marketing or refinery 29s r29 rooms yeah those types of things like kind of like ploys to get people to interact with a product in a different way Mm. awesome i'm actually going to the van gogh um, exhibition in london later this year which is very experiential Mm. Oh, I love it. And now I'm intrigued, not even curious, but intrigued. Now, we know that you started eating sushi when you were two years old. And when we asked about your favorite sushi, you mentioned that you are a purist. So you go for the classical sushi. Now, my brain is going, wait a minute, classical sushi versus experiential marketing. So I have to ask, how experiential are you with your sushi? 
I will try everything. I've had sea cucumber. I've had literally like all of the things. So I think fairly experiential. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. The sea cucumber was not well received. I got it from a woman I was sitting next to at a sushi bar when I was like 10. And I'm part Korean. My maiden name is Kim and she was Korean. And so I couldn't say no when she offered it to me. And so I had to take it and it was like traumatizing because it was like moving in my mouth. And I was like, oh, oh, like I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for our listeners that are watching this video or are listening, based on your expertise around digital marketing, what are the top three tips Mm -hmm. for someone that is listening and thinking, I know I need to do marketing, And I know it has to be digital marketing because that's what we have right now, especially with all of the global pandemic and lockdowns all over the world. But where do I start? That's such a good question. Like, I think that a lot of businesses have come onto social media because of the pandemic. I think that my biggest thing would be to not be afraid to spend money on paid advertising because I usually suggest that people put, you know, around $1,000 just into ad testing for the first month, because then you can lower the budget significantly once you find the most receptive market. And that number scares a lot of people. And I totally understand that if someone came to me with that number, I'd be like, whoa, are you sure? But I think that, you know, even just putting like, whatever you're comfortable into the Facebook ads. So that way you can test out, you know, what's good and what's bad and just getting into it. Because the more ads you run, ideally, the more optimized they'll be and the lower the cost per click will be. Mm. So just starting. And then on Instagram, don't copy and paste the same list of hashtags. A lot of people do that, but it can get you shadow banned. Yeah. There's a lot of things that people do that are like considered normal that can actually really hurt engagement like that. But it's yeah. funny you say that though, Sarah, because that was a strategy that was taught by a lot of so-called Instagram experts. Oh, just put all your hashtags in notes or something, just copy and paste them into all of your posts. And many of us have learned the hard way about doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, now the Instagram algorithm marks it as spam because they see that you're reposting the same thing over and over. And it can't really tell the difference between like if you're just like posting a list of hashtags or if you're just like posting the same caption over and over and over. So usually even if you just rotate like one or two hashtags out of your list every week, it's really helpful and it'll definitely prevent against you getting shadow banned. Yeah, I've heard that before from Instagram, that at least two to three, maybe four hashtags every time so that they don't see it as one. So I love your tips. So number one is put money into advertising because organic reach is very, very difficult. It takes a lot of time. So you want to get out there as fast as you can. And number two is the hashtag strategy on Instagram. What is your top three, number three tip? To be able to admit when you need help, I think is a huge one because a lot of people, you know, I get it. Your business is your baby and handing over power in any way can be really difficult for an entrepreneur. But, you know, if you're not trained in marketing or digital marketing, you know, and you're running your own Facebook ads, you could be losing a lot of money running Facebook ads because you don't know how the platform works and it's so complicated. Or your company could go viral if you had like the right manager. Um, So like at least exploring the options of getting help with those sorts of things. 
Oh, I love those. And I love that you shared that about asking for help because I was in a clubhouse room yesterday and one of the speakers shared a quote that says, don't work hard where others play. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What a fabulous quote. That's amazing. Mm. That should go on a coffee cup. I oh, know. Absolutely. Don't work hard where others play. Okay. I'm putting that on my list of merchandise now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It spoke to me. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. It's so true. Others play on mid marketing or any other skill out there. Well, for us, it's very hard work if you try to do anything else. So, uh, Gail, do you have any parting questions or remark as we move towards the end of our time together for now? Well, no, because we are coming to the end, and I think Sarah's shared some wonderful tips with us. All I would like to ask, Sarah, is for our listeners and our viewers, if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, there's so many ways. You can DM me on Instagram at Communaholics. You can contact me through my website, or like maybe I shouldn't say my email on here, but Sarah at Communaholics. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we did warn you. <laughs> we'll make sure that we add the links to Sarah's website and Instagram yeah. in the description of this episode. We will leave out the email, considering that is a personal um, personal email address and I don't think I would be GDPR compliant if we did do that so <laughs> let's play safe with this one <laughs> please. please but Sarah thank you so very much is there anything that you would like to end on our time together I think we covered it all but I hope you guys order as much sushi as I did like I hope you guys have some tonight and if you guys ever want to grab sushi in real life once COVID is not a thing, you know, I'm in your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're in mine, so yeah. Yeah. we are definitely going to do that yeah. when, it, when we're allowed outside again and we don't have a curfew. <laughs> yeah. And you're only 45 minutes away from me, so it's anything's possible. Oh, yeah, it's only 45 minutes on the on the plane from here to Amsterdam. So. Minor details. Minor <laughs> details. Minor details. It takes me longer to get over the other side of London. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, Tara, thank you so very much for joining us for this episode of the Entrepreneur's Sushi Club. And for you that is listening to this episode, thank you. And we would love to know, as always, what has been your biggest insight and takeaway from the conversation with Sarah. Do take a moment and share this with us in our Facebook group, the Entrepreneur Sushi Club. You will find the link to this group in the description of this episode. And if you know someone who will benefit from listening to this episode, please do share this one. And if you are a sushi adoring entrepreneur or you know a sushi adoring entrepreneur, know that we're always looking for amazing guests. Please do reach out. For now, have an amazing day wherever you are in the world. Enjoy, have fun, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you.